0: Welcome to the Mom Guilt Podcast. I'm your host, Vanna, a dermatology nurse practitioner turned wellness enthusiast. We're not here to get rid of Mom Guilt. Instead, we will give you the tools and systems to get you through whatever season you're in because when you have the right systems, you're able to experience freedom in motherhood and prioritize yourself. Mom Guilt exists to introduce you to the life changing habits that can create a life you never thought possible. If you're listening to this, you are not here by mistake, and I can't wait for you to dive into all things wellness and prioritization. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Mom Guild podcast. If you are returning and listen every week with me, thank you so much. And if you are new here, welcome. I am your host, Vanna. And on this podcast, we love to talk about tangible tips that you can take away and really things to prioritize yourself. And in turn, that means that you're prioritizing the people around you. Um, Every week we do a solo episode. And today's solo episode is going to be about hair loss and holistic hair things. Basically like my hair journey, but then my take on hair loss as a dermatology nurse practitioner because I do treat patients for that. Um, and it's it's also near and dear to my heart because I suffered from postpartum telogen effluvium and I'm going to get into all of the different types of hair loss um, that you could have to make sure because it's really important that you are getting down to the root issue like if you're treating yourself with over-the-counter supplements but you're suffering from an autoimmune hair loss disease like that's not going to do much for you right so we'll get into that next but first my personal journey with hair loss is I had a thick head of hair. Like I'm talking my ponytail would not stay up and I had to like get the ones with grips in them because my hair was so thick and so shiny. Like I honestly hate myself for thinking about how great my hair was back then. (laughs) But now it is a ton thinner. I have a hard time growing it and it all started within my postpartum journey and there are a few things that contributed to that Uh, you know it's like growing a child in you and then having them is a traumatic experience on your body but then also mentally it's a traumatic experience and for me it was a very traumatic experience I'm not sure how many how like much I'm going to get into the like postpartum journey of it so if you guys want me to do a solo episode on like my postpartum experience because it was truly bad like I had to take antidepressants I was not taking them anymore and I for months and months and months was like no 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 I don't want to do that I don't want to take antidepressants and you know Not that there's anything wrong with them. They just make me so flat and blunt as a person. Um, So I avoided it, but like it got so bad that I definitely had to take medications. Um, So if you want me to do an episode on that, let me know. My main problem is telogen effluvium, which basically is shedding after a traumatic event. And a lot of people don't realize like that's traumatic event could be losing a family member. It could be losing your job, going through like a stressful time in your marriage, a stressful time with your child. It doesn't have to be a physical trauma event. And most of the time I see it as more of a mental trauma event when I'm talking to my patients. Um, So mine was personally telogen effluvium and the other types of hair loss that you could experience or like the root cause of the hair loss could be from an inflammatory response. So that is going to be like a seborrheic dermatitis. A lot of people are saying, you know, I have dandruff or I just have dandruff or I just have a flaky scalp. It is genuinely a medical condition. So there are ways that you can control that and you, It's something that you will have long term and it will be chronic, but I, ha- I have it personally and I have been able to mount, manage it with no prescriptions. There are times when sometimes I do need a prescription topical for it. You're not going to prescribe any orals for seborrheic dermatitis. I mean, sometimes you can do an antifungal if it's super, super bad, Um but you can always do prescriptions for that. But I have found a way to manage it at home, which I'll go over Like everything that I personally do for my hair care after we talk about the types of hair loss. Um, you could also have an allergy to shampoos, conditioners. When I tell you, I tell patients that a lot of times, hey, this really looks like an allergy, not even in their scalp, on their body. They're like, no, no, no I'm not allergic to anything. It's like... The worst diagnosis. Like, people react worse when I tell them that they likely have allergic contact dermatitis or an allergy versus when I tell them they have skin cancer. It's wild. So, if you have a really itchy, flaky scalp, that inflammation is going to cause the hair follicle to become inflamed. Your hair is going to shed prematurely and then it's going to not grow back. The follicle is not going to be as strong. So it's not going to go through all of the hair phases and stay within the hair follicle as long as it should. So you're going to be shedding a lot solely from the inflammation. So it's super important that you get that inflammation under control. Um, sometimes you can do that at home, but a lot of times you need to go see a dermatology provider. So I think it's really important if you don't know what you're dealing with to go to a dermatology provider because these other things, like there's androgenetic alopecia. That is very common and I'm seeing it younger and younger and I think that is a result of I'm saying I think I'm not saying I know I'm not saying this is based on research or anything like that so don't come at me but I think that androgenetic alopecia we're seeing younger and younger like people in their 30s this is biopsy proven that it's from the excess of hormones and androgens that are a result from several different things in in our environment so androgenetic alopecia that's really just working against the clock there's no cure for that um But if you work on like your hormone balance, things like that, more holistically, that can help that slippery slope. And then there's also autoimmune conditions that genuinely need treatment from a dermatology provider or it's just going to progress. So things like lichen planopilaris, CCCA, I literally never say this right. And I've been saying this for, I kid you not, nine years, central centrifugal cicatracial alopecia. I think that's right and then frontal fibrosing alopecia um and these can be from like tension hairstyles these can be caused again from like an autoimmune issue and there are several ways to treat this with oral topical and intralesional kenalog injections within a dermatology office so and you Really, the only way to tell if you have an autoimmune hair loss condition is by a biopsy. So those three, inflammation, androgenetic or like genetic hair loss, autoimmune, and then like I talked about, telogen effluvium. The most common condition I see is telogen effluvium. We've all been in the last five years through a very stressful time, the pandemic, the um, I do see telogen effluvium after the, I don't know if I can even say this on here. It's so weird that you're gun shy about saying a word, but the COVID vaccine, um, COVID vaccine and COVID, second round of COVID, I saw so many people shed. My husband, I mean, his hair was in clumps on our pillow. So telogen effluvium is when you're going to have hair loss or shedding 3 to 6 months after a stressful event, traumatizing event, and it usually will correct itself. And a lot of the literature says that it's it's going to correct itself and just go back to normal. It's not personally and from my patients, your hair is going to be a little bit thinner. It will correct itself, it'll stop shedding and you know, but it never goes back to baseline in my opinion. Um or the exact same, I guess you could say. So what have I personally done for hair products and supplements? So my, my new absolute favorite shampoo and conditioner is Vegamore. And I love this. This is not an ad. I do have a code with them. I will link it in the show notes. But they have not paid me whatsoever. They did send me their products and I did try them because I've been seeing it everywhere, literally on social media. And I was super intrigued because all of their stuff is clinically tested. And there are active ingredients in their products. So the plant active ingredients like curcumin or turmeric, red clover and mung bean specifically, block DHT and support hair follicle strength. So... A little background on DHT, and I'm not going to like do a deep dive on this because I know most of you don't really care, Um, but androgens or sex hormones within the body, and more specifically testosterone in excess, can cause hair loss, acne, among other things. When testosterone converts into DHT, high levels of DHT will shrink your hair follicles and shorten the hair growth cycle. So you really want to look at DHT blockers and... You know now there's way more research to support like plants that do this, and previously we would we would and will prescribe spironolactone. Like that's the only thing that would come to my mind as a dermatology provider in the way that I was trained in modern medicine is you have hair loss and you need a DHT blocker. You are gonna prescribe spironolactone, and I personally took spironolactone for a little bit. It worked. I just personally don't want the side effects of spirit side effects, potential side effects of an oral medication when I can naturally take it or use it in topical products. Um, Is the efficacy probably going to be better with an oral medication like Spirulactone? Maybe, maybe not, but the over the counter things work great for me. So Vegamore, their shampoo and conditioner. It's their grow line. I use that, and people say that I smell so good. I know we're on the fragrance train, but I, like I said, the last thing to go is going to be my hair products. So just bear with me. So Vegamore shampoo and conditioner, and then they're grow serum it also has dhg blocker so you can use that morning and night it is like a solution that you put in your scalp i focus it more like on my frontal scalp um, and then posterior because that's where i experience the most shedding but i use that is not oily you can use it on wet hair you can use it on dry hair it doesn't dry down oily so like you don't have to worry about using it at certain times of the day or like only when you're showering or anything like that so that and then the oral supplement that I take. And I know this is expensive, but it is worth it to me. And I buy it in three month um, increments because you get like a discount with that, but it is of course Nutrafol. And the reason you hear so many people talk about this product is because it, it works, it literally works. I, Nutrafol does not market it like this. I explain it like this, that to me, it's like the natural form of spirulactone. It has a DHT blocker in it. It also has collagen within it. And then mood stabilizing plant ingredients like saw palmetto, ashwagandha, um, basically plant ingredients that have been shown to help stabilize your mood. I'm not saying solely use these things. I mean, if you are having mood issues, then you definitely need to be seeing somebody for that. Um, But there's a lot of research to show that saw palmetto ashwagandha can help with stress, things like that. And we know when our stress increases, our cortisol increases. Therefore, our testosterone increases. Therefore, that's where the hair loss comes when the testosterone converts into DHT and causes the follicle to shrink. Um, So I love Nutrafol. And but if there's if you feel like you cannot afford that, I totally get that. Everybody has a budget. Not everyone can spend close to 60, 70 dollars a month on a supplement. What you could do is I, before I took Nutrafol, I did oral collagen. And just so you guys know, oral collagen is not a complete protein. Like if you're saying you're getting 10 grams of protein in your collagen, in your coffee your macho whatever in the morning that's not a complete protein you're not really getting that as actual protein but it does help support your hair skin and nails so if you want an alternative you could do like a collagen powder Um, and then also something important to note a lot of people will ask me about this within my practice and you know as family friends biotin alone is shown to not do a lot for hair growth if you do not have a deficiency in it not to mention biotin can lead to false thyroid lab results not saying that it affects your thyroid but it can lead to false positives and then you're inaccurately being treated for a thyroid condition you don't even really have because you're just taking high amounts of biotin so it's really important to let your practitioners know if you are taking a biotin supplement neutrophil has biotin in it but it also has other things in it I don't personally recommend to take biotin alone for your hair loss, but I think it's a good tool to have in your toolkit. So that I take Nutrifol every day and then a couple times a week I will wash my hair. I do the I try to do the Vegamore Grow Serum every single day, but things that I do periodically for my hair. Every week or maybe like I don't get around to it that week, but every one to two weeks before bed, I'll do like a hair oiling mask soap soak. And I've talked about this on my TikTok, but I will take rosemary oil and then the Kerastase anti-dandruff serum that has salicylic acid. And it's gentle enough that it's it's marketed by Kerastase to use it nightly if you have like a flaky scalp. But I personally only need this like once a week. But I will put the rosemary oil in and the Kerastase anti-dandruff serum, put my hair up in a bun and sleep with it that way, wash it out the next morning. Um, sometimes I use the whey I don't know if it's clarifying, but I know it's their apple cider vinegar shampoo to wash all of that out because it can be kind of hard to get the oil out. So make sure you have a really good shampoo to get all that out. I made the mistake of not doing that one time and I looked like a grease ball and had to get back in the shower and rewash my hair. So I'll do that just for maintenance. And I honestly love the smell of rosemary oil. And I laugh because I, as a, dermatology provider used to be like people are using essential oils and I smell them but now I like them because we've changed and evolved so when I have a dandruff flare because I have I had dandruff very bad when I was not taking care of myself and my body I what I would do is I had prescription topical steroid we don't you don't use those long-term. It is important that your provider, if you get a topical steroid prescription, discusses the risks and side effects of those of using those long-term because there are risks. And I know they're doing studies on the, the absorption systemically of topical steroids too, so TBD on that. But topical steroid, more than likely clobetasol twice a day for 7 to 14 days A lot of people will say 14 days. I personally can just do it twice a day for seven days and it suppresses my flares. You can also get hydrocortisone liquid over the counter. I have not personally used this, but I think that is a great option if you do not have access to a prescription or do not want a prescription. And then you want to wash with ketoconazole. Prescription strength is 2% and then over the counter is 1%. So you can do either, but there it's it's like research is controversial whether s- subderm is caused by an overgrowth of yeast, whether you know whether it's fungal, whether it's inflammatory, you know, things like genetic, things like that. So you, you want to hit it with an anti-inflammatory and an antifungal, and then you can also do the Kerastase scalp serum nightly like I'll do that to try to avoid using prescription or over-the-counter hydrocortisone I'll just do my Kerastase scalp serum nightly and then wash with ketocondazole and a lot of times that does the trick now what I really think has done the trick and I know this because I ran out of it for a little bit and my seb came back and my scalp was so itchy and nothing else had changed it's the Armra colostrum the I think it's called Immune Revival. They have a few products, but I'm pretty sure it's the Immune Revival Blood Orange. You guys know that I have it stacked like this. I put it in my morning matcha with all my other supplements, so it's like a one and done. But I ran out of this because I'm a lazy orderer. I don't know if I like that. I can't enunciate that for some reason. But I am so bad at letting things run out and not proactively ordering them. So that's why a lot of things are on auto-ship, especially my supplements, And I have made this one now, but I didn't. I ran out of it for, like, a week. And my dandruff, seborrheic dermatitis, came back with a vengeance when I was not taking the armor colostrum. So that's just something to consider putting into your supplement routine if you suffer from, like, flaky, itchy scalp. But it also helps, like, overall with your immune system, things like that. So things that you can ask your derm about because I don't want this to be one side or the other like I totally get some people are for modern medicine they want to go to a derm provider but there you can do a couple of different things for all of those hair conditions or hair loss conditions orally and topically so most commonly for like your seborrheic dermatitis Allergic contact, you're going to be given topicals, maybe an oral antihistamine if it's a allergic contact oral medication. For androgenetic alopecia, if you feel like there's shedding involved, they'll talk to you likely about spironolactone um, and then maybe do topical steroids. You could even consider PRP injections. There are a lot of options. Oral minoxidil um, and then topical and oral finasteride as well, so... You have a lot of options there. As far as autoimmune, I'm not going to go into that specifically because there are a multitude of different ways that you can treat those. But a lot of times they're going to be like intralesional Kinalong injections or oral medications. And then telogen effluvium, like we talked about, they're going to offer you um, or you can ask about spironolactone and then topical um, corticosteroids. But again, I have seen both sides of it. I have prescribed those medications. I have taken those medications. And I have seen just as good, if not better, in my hair loss, seborrheic dermatitis, with doing the things that I have done previously. So I have personally taken an over-the-counter approach recently. And it's worked really well. So I'm asking you a favor. If you think these are helpful, if you like these solo episodes that are like more informational, please rate and review. And I'll leave a link below for you to do that because like I I went to go rate and review a podcast and I was like, this is kind of hard to find. So I will do a link. And then as always, I will link all the resources in the show notes and make sure to let me know what solo episodes you want me to do next. You can DM mom and Guilt podcast. You can comment on any of the reels that we put out. I try to put out reels almost every single day and you can comment on any of those on what you want to hear next. And I think we we reached over 500 downloads in the first month with which I'm super proud of and I know like the big picture and you know perspective of things these podcasts that I listen to have hundreds of thousands and millions and one day I hope to get there but I just want to end this saying thank you I don't know why I feel really emotional right now but I want to say thank you for the people that have even said anything to me and congratulated me on this podcast, because we're coming up on a month, I guess, is why I'm doing this. <laughs> but I just want to share my sincere appreciation, gratitude for the for those of you that listen, for those of you that are new here. Um, this is definitely a labor of love. It's not an easy thing to do, and I have a really great team to help me. Um, chase edits and produces these and i'm super thankful for him because he does them last minute for me because i'm terrible at recording them but on that note thank you guys i love you guys and i will see you on the next one before you go to grow our mom guilt community rate and review on itunes spotify or wherever you listen find and follow us on instagram at mom guilt podcast and on tiktok at vanna padilla underscore np You can also watch each episode on video form at my YouTube channel, Vanna Padilla. Last but not least, always remember, take what you need and it's okay to want more. See you next time, mama.